never seen more holy laughter in all of these years. Have seen more holy laughter, and there is such a thing as holy laughter. And in miracle services, holy laughter. Hey world, welcome to the House of Bliss podcast, your favorite show you've never heard of and the internet's best kept secret. Hey, I thought it would be really fun to try something a little bit different than usual. Um, I wanted to start building a little bit more community around this show. I love interacting with you guys. I love it when you send me questions. I love it when you send me comments and feedback. And so I thought I would try to make that just a little bit easier for everyone. And so now there are three great ways that you can connect with me. Number one is Instagram. My Instagram handle is at House of Bliss Pod. Um, of course, there's the Facebook page, which a lot of you have already found me on. And then the last one, for those of you who may not be into either Instagram or Facebook, you can find me on houseofblisspod at gmail.com. So anyway, today I thought it would be really fun um, if I would ask you guys to send in your questions, ask what you want to hear about. And uh, so I sent out an Instagram story. I got a few replies. Now that is over already, but I do plan on trying that out again in the future. Uh, feel free to ask and I would, I would love to possibly read your questions on here and answer them. And so this is going to be a little more fun, a little more laid back. Um, I usually like to have things perfectly well planned out, be super prepared, but you know, I thought it'd be fun to just try something a little bit more off the cuff and spontaneous. And so I'm going to be pulling these directly from my Instagram feed. But if you like this and you have a question you want me to answer, feel free to keep your eyes out for the next one. And I might even ask you guys questions like what is your favorite verse or something like that. And I will actually read your answers on the air. We'll try that again another time. But for now, I've got four uh, really fun questions. And so here it goes. Question number one comes from Alex. It says, how to find a husband? <laughs> well, number one, I'm not a love expert. And I'm also not a lady. So I'm going to try, I'm going to try to broaden this question out for everyone's benefit um, for the general question of how do you find a spouse? And in my case, thank God, I have only done that once. Uh, so it's not like I can really give you definitive expert advice. But Katie and I love helping people um, when it comes to relationships and stuff. And so there are some things that I've observed in our time over the years of just watching and paying attention to that kind of thing. And so I'm just going to give a few points that I think might help. Um, but I will say this, I am not a love expert, but I know some people who are, if you're having a tough time, um, in this area as a single, or even as a married person, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you check out nothing hidden ministries. They're out of Bethel and they are one of the most fantastic ministries around relationships. Particularly they, they host these single life workshops um, and I actually went to one of those before I was dating Katie, and it was so fantastic. I can't even stress enough how worth checking out Nothing Hidden Ministries is, um, as well as to somewhat of a lesser degree because they are most more focused on uh, sex, but I think 
Moral Revolution also has some really great resources around this area. So take my advice with a grain of salt, but definitely check them out. So here are my quick tips on finding a spouse. Number one is check your friends list. <laughs> Katie and I actually did an episode together a few months back where we told our story as a couple. But the funny part about that is one month before we actually started dating, Katie not only locked me in the friend zone, but she threw away the key. So I say that to spark hope in some of you who might have been uh, friend zoned by somebody that you like, but also to say, hey, guys and gals, um, you know, some of us are so focused on pining for having somebody come into our life from outside that we miss that there are really good quality people around us right here and now. If somebody is good to you, if somebody would actually take care of you, if someone really loves Jesus and you guys hang out a lot anyway and you get along, just think about thinking about giving that a chance. Because this is my next point is be cautious about getting tunnel vision. It's so funny to me how many people go for this idea that, okay, yeah, I was six years old and I wrote down a list and I wrote down like he's got to have brown hair and he's got to be a Patriots fan or whatever, you know, just people, these hyper specific lists and like one in a hundred people say, yeah, I, I married the man of my dreams. God gave me exactly what I was asking for. Okay. Yeah, that could happen. But most of the time, love is so much more mysterious than that. A lot of times there are people already in your life who, because you're so focused on one idea of what it has to look like, it's really easy to overlook other people who would be really great for you. And the other thing too with that, obviously I'm a, I'm a charismatic. I believe in dreams, visions, uh, trances, and I believe God can speak to us personally and directly at all times of the day about all kinds of things. But... I have noticed that there is one area of life that people are almost completely unable to separate their emotional attachment from, and that is romance. And so I hardly ever trust when people have romantic dreams or things of that nature. It is just too messy and too intertwined with the heart's desires. I don't think people's discernment is very active in that way. And so Sometimes people get so stuck on one person, but there's one important factor. It's a theological factor that they're not exactly taking into account and that it is that God values free will. So maybe God legitimately is showing you something about this person. He's showing you what could be. He's showing you a destiny that could be shared together. But if that other person doesn't willingly choose you back, that is their right. And God is not going to zap them magically and make them fall in love with you. That's just not how it works. Now, I have a little more to say on that later. But for now, um, my advice on that point is to just, once again, open your heart, open your mind, and, and be willing to be surprised. Because like I said earlier, it might be someone who's already in your life right now, but because you are so focused on an ideal or something else, you're actually prevented from having an open heart towards somebody who could be an amazing, amazing fit for you. So my next point is to... Relax and flirt, <laughs> which sounds funny, but 
we in Christian culture sometimes make the stakes so ridiculously high when it comes to things like dating that it, it almost comes off like if I ask you out for coffee, that must mean I'm secretly asking you to marry me. Now, that whole idea of like courtship and stuff like that, um, a lot of that came from a very popular book that just so you know, the guy who wrote that book not only completely retracted his statements, but openly apologized to the public for writing that book because it did so much damage. It caused people to think so, um, like I said, high stakes about things like marriage. But look, that's just not how culture works here. It's just not how life is. It is perfectly acceptable and fine to take someone on a date simply to get to know them. And if it doesn't go well, then you just remain friends. That's okay. And so we have got to just kind of get rid of that in Christian culture. But along with that, for ladies, it's it's kind of important to understand that um, both in general, but also especially in Christian culture, it takes a lot, a lot of guts for a guy to ask out a girl. And so if they know that you're at least interested, like if you're, I don't, you know, I'm, I'm not about to give you flirting advice on my show. I'm just saying if there are cues that you're giving them in conversation that you're at least interested, I think that would take some of the pressure off. But another thing to consider is just being openly direct and honest about it. Like, Hey, um, you know, I'm kind of sensing a bit of a, like a girl could perfectly acceptably say, I'm sensing a bit of a connection here. Would you ever be interested in just going and talking a little more? I, I'd like to get to know you. It's crazy how mystifying we make romance and stuff, but it's like, you could just be, what if you were just like real direct? I'm not saying you have to be like, hey, I'm interested in marriage. Let's go talk about it. No, no, no. I'm just saying back, back up, but be open and honest and direct. Like, let's take the mind games out of this. Let's just be like adults here. You know what I'm saying? And so ladies, I'm not saying that you have to wear a neon sign on your head that says available, but if people at least know that you're interested, I think it will kind of help draw the courage and spark that in some of the guys in your life. And guys... As someone who went through a really awkward middle school and high school period, I can say that I am no stranger to being rejected. However, that's not something someone can do for you. It's time to just buck up, take the leap, ask a girl out. They might say no. It's not the end of the world. It might hurt. You'll get over it. Try again. But I just want to bless you to have courage in your heart to be able to, to go for it. But next, and this is not something I know a ton about, but I've seen the good in people's lives, is use online tools. Look, it doesn't mean that you don't trust God. Be smart, don't get duped, and don't put yourself in a situation where you could fall into something that you don't want to get into. Um, online hookup culture is really awful. But at the same time, I know people, there are people in my life who have amazing, fulfilling relationships who met online. My uncle met his wife on MySpace, believe it or not. I think that is so cool. And so, yeah, you know, it's weird that it's been around for 20 years, but there's still kind of this vague stigma around online dating for Christians. And I would just say, just who cares, man? Stay in connection, stay in prayer with God, stay in community and let other people into that world so that you're not navigating it alone. But but yeah, use online tools, meet someone. I've got a couple more here. Next, and this is more about your emotional state, but uh, this is going to sound cliche, but 
it's not cliche because it's not true, is to pray. Okay. And when I say pray, I don't mean ask God for a spouse. I mean, I mean, a lot of us are so used to being told that we need to stuff down the desire for companionship, for sexuality, to be married. But the fact is, it is a God given gift. And not only that, it is a God given desire. God made everything. It was full of his goodness. It was full of him. And yet he looked at the man and says, it is not good to be alone. And guess what? The man and God did not get married. So that means there is a part of you that God is not willing and God is not going to fill apart from a special gift of singleness. So it is okay for you to have that desire. Now, a lot of us get in situations, and I don't know why this happens, where we don't see the breakthrough immediately. Some of us go a long time looking for that uh, for that reality, that dream to come true. But just so you know, there are lots of instances in that of that in the Bible. And if you read the Psalms, David was crazy raw in his relationship with God. He would get in his face. He would say, God, you don't keep your promises. God, you're not faithful. You know, you're not this and that. But when he gave himself the chance to actually voice his concerns, voice his problems, eventually he spit it all out. And every single one of those Psalms eventually turns into shouts of praise. And so if you're kind of in this zone where you're not, where you're basically lying to yourself saying, no, 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 Jesus is enough. Jesus is enough. I'm not, it's okay. Look, you're actually lying to yourself in a, in a way. And so rather than sort of lock yourself into a hopeless situation where you're not being honest with your emotions, give those emotions over to God. Let him have it. Yell at him if you need to, because in that place of being fully laid bare and honest before God, you will eventually discover the treasure the experiential reality of Christ living in you, that he satisfies you, that he is lifting you up, that he is caring for you, that he is with you, that he's not a God who, who backs out on his promises. Um, but sometimes things just don't play out the way we want them to. Give your disappointment over to God in prayer. I've got two more for you. Also going to sound cliche, but totally true. Trust God. Now, I know I said earlier that God doesn't zap people and make them fall in love with each other, but at the same time, and, and I also don't believe there's one person out there for each one. I believe there's many possible ones until you choose, but we also don't believe in luck. You have divine help. You have a good father who cares for you and watches out for you. And so what I think sometimes happens is if God sees that two compatible people have actually chosen each other deep in their hearts, but they're out of touch with themselves, um, he will move mountains to bring them together. He will give them dreams to bring them together. So if you take Katie and I, for instance, Katie and I were actually in love with each other before we started dating, but we had put up all these obstacles in between each other. Like I said, you know, she, she sat me down and had this conversation where I was very much put in the friend zone. And yet God started speaking to us. He started arranging circumstances. And before we knew it, even though we were on opposite sides of the country, uh, we ended up dating. And that's an amazing story. So you could check that out. But what I'm saying is, you have a role in this thing, but it is ultimately your father who you can trust and take care of. You don't have to rely on yourself and you're not a victim to luck or fate or anything else. You are blessed. Hashtag. 
All right, last point on this. <clears throat> you need to understand that there is nothing wrong with you. There are so many complicated factors going on in this realm of romance and the human heart and desire uh, that there's a lot of mystery. There's a lot of mystery. We don't know. We don't know why some people have to wait 30 years, why some people just meet someone right away. I, I don't know. I wish I had answers, but I don't. But I will tell you what, that in that place of mystery, it is very easy for self-consciousness to set in, to think, oh my gosh, I'm doing something wrong. I missed it. Um, I'm too weird or I'm too ugly or I, I'm too awkward. Listen, you are made exactly how God needs you to be. Now, of course, I recommend taking care of yourself, dressing for success, all of that stuff. But at the same time, you know, I know that I am no Daniel Craig, but when Katie looks at me, it makes me feel like Daniel Craig. <laughs> Whether you're a Daniel Craig or a Danny DeVito, sorry, Danny, I'm not trying to bash you, but let's be honest, you're not nearly as attractive as Daniel Craig. Who, whatever you look like, whatever you sound like, there is someone out there who's going to think you are drop-dead gorgeous. You ever, you ever just see those couples where you're like, wow, I am so glad that they were very much made for each other. <laughs> yes, keep in mind, you're not to anything to be loved. Somebody out there is going to think you are just the bee's knees. And so don't let that self-consciousness come in that says, oh, I am disqualified from finding love because I'm to this or that. No, you are a treasure. You are amazing. You are crafted exactly how you're meant to be. And somebody eventually is going to see that. I'll be honest, I've studied, I, I, I've, I've struggled with body image issues almost my entire life. So I know very well what that feels like. I didn't exactly have girls lining up around the block to hang out with me in high school. But thankfully, the Lord has healed me of a lot of that stuff. And I didn't have to internalize it and make that an identity thing. Okay, I'm going to move on, but I do think I just want to throw in one more quick little thing, um, just spur of the moment here, but uh, we tend to be very introspective in our culture. Um, I've talked about this with friends before, but it's like in other cultures where they don't have as much freedom or free time, they honestly don't have time to just sit there and try to process every last little fleeting emotion and it kind of builds this resolve. But we, on the other hand, especially here, we're on like lockdown. There's a lot of time to just be super navel gazy, um, especially in areas like this. But I want to just encourage you, man, throw yourself at the feet of Jesus. Enjoy him. Love him. Let uh, Stop getting into like a, a self-focused spiral of trying to fix yourself and just allow the Lord to minister to you. I love being married, but there is truly a unique gift in singleness of being able to be about your father's business uh, without having to worry about anybody else. So embrace that. Embrace what he has for you in this season. That was really long. I was not expecting to go that long. So let's take a break. And when I come back, we'll answer some more listener questions, your questions. Hey there, guys. Are you sick of looking at the same empty walls in your house? Have you not updated your interior aesthetic since the Bush administration? Well, the answer is really simple. You need some art in your life. 
Now, sure, you could head down to TJ Maxx and drop 30 bucks on the same old, you know, dogs playing poker picture lazily printed on a fake canvas in China, or, or you could fill your interior space with real, original works of art and support the God dreams of a real person. If you're looking for quality art, you need to check out my friend, Jamie Shook. Head over to jamieshook.com because not only does she have a collection of fine paintings and conceptual photography available, but she also has other physical media like these beautiful serving trays. And Mother's Day is just around the corner, and so you can put that money into some soulless corporate behemoth, or you can get your mom something special, memorable, handcrafted, and you can support small business. I will put a link in the show notes for you, as well as her Instagram handles. That's Jamie Shook, J-A-M-I-E-S-H-O-O-K.com. All right, I'm going to answer this question from Daniel. It's really fun. And uh, our, our the next question I'm going to answer is going to get a little bit heavier. So I want to keep things light. It's what superhero would you create and what would their name or superpower be? So here's a, here's a fun little part of my history. Way back in the day, I must have been in like sixth grade. My parents used to work for the publishing house for the Nazarene denomination, meaning um, one of their jobs was to help create a curriculum for vacation Bible schools that would go all over the nation, all over the world, really, to any one of these Nazarene churches. They would use our materials. And so um, I was friends with one of the artists who worked on that as a kid, and so he actually hired me to be a part of the videos that they made. So that was actually where I got my start in showbiz was uh, as a sixth grader. And so one year, the theme for VBS was superheroes. And so my friend got to be, uh, we, we created this superhero called Captain Super. I honestly can't remember what his superpower was, but I was his sidekick, Ned. And I don't even remember what my superpower was other than being ridiculously adorable and awkward. But I actually got to be that character and it was seen by people all over the world. So why I'm not an international celebrity? Well, that's another mystery for another time. Other than that, though, you know, I'm really not a superhero guy. I, I really don't like Marvel movies. I really don't care much about that stuff. But I have always been an anime nerd. To some degree, I still am. So I would much rather have, like, super samurai powers and, like, pointy hair. So that probably doesn't really answer your question. Um, if I had to pick a power, I guess it would be teleportation. And as far as a name... I think Ned is good. I think I'll stick with Ned. All right, now this next question. Some of you are going to hear this and roll your eyes, and others of you are going to perk up immediately. But in light of recent news, even if you're not interested in this subject at all, I do recommend that you at least know a thing or two about it because you're, as a Christian, you're probably going to get questions of this nature very soon. But here's a question. My friend Nate asks, shout out to Nate. You're the best. He happens to be uh, in my band. So anyway, could aliens possibly exist? This is one of those questions we've talked about many times over late night cigars. But uh, I do think it, it is an important question because if you didn't see the news recently, the U.S. government officially, like officially, confirmed the existence of 
of UFOs. Now, this is not, this is like Forbes and MSNBC and Fox and CNN. Like, this is all mainstream confirmed fact that the U.S. government said, yes, UFOs exist, and they released videos. So that's not like a source that's coming from Joe Mama's basement, you know, curtain background YouTube production special news or whatever. <laughs> that's, that's a fact that they said that. But what does that mean? And I just want to give a note on that. By saying UFOs exist... They are not saying that aliens exist, okay? They, unidentified boats exist too. I mean, there are sometimes people look in the sky and they see things in the sky. They don't know what it is. That doesn't make it an alien. But the U.S. government has been historically very dodgy about this subject, so it is kind of cool to see them say, yeah, there's stuff that we've seen that we don't even know what it is. It's kind of cool. So I want to take a look at this from two different angles, and I don't want to spend too much time on it. But uh, we're going to look at this from a scientific perspective and a theological perspective. Um, and I think we really have to ask the theological question because if tomorrow science proved without the shadow, without any shadow of a doubt, that aliens are in fact real, you know, extraterrestrials, that would probably cause some very serious problems for a lot of people's faith. And what I think is it. Uh, it doesn't have to. It doesn't have to. It doesn't have to shake you. You don't have to be like, oh, everything I thought I knew is a lie. No, that's not true. So let me say this before we dive in. I'm not a scientist and I'm not really a theologian. What I am is a guy with a burning curiosity for a whole lot of different things. And so, yeah, I've done a little bit of reading on this subject, but I'm certainly no authority. But I do want to say this to you guys listening, if you're interested in the subject, please beware of YouTube rabbit holes, where, like I said, Joe Mama's basement bloggers can just say whatever they want. They can make up facts. You know, a lot of those like ancient alien documentaries, like they are literally fabricating lies. They are actually saying things uh, that are just plain flat out lies and are not true and are provable as not true. But they conveniently don't mention that when they make these videos. And I see a lot of people get sucked into that world. And I can just say it is really not worth it. Uh, if you want a mystery to dive into, try out the mystery of the gospel. Try out the mystery of God. Um, but if you really want to look into this stuff, I think you should know that there are some really good, trustworthy, uh, Christ-centered voices on the subject. So if you're looking into a place to deep dive to find out what the Bible does and and more importantly doesn't say, you need to check out Dr. Michael Heiser. He he is very open and he's he's very willing to listen to people's experiences. He doesn't just write them off as crazy or just like, "Oh yeah, that's demons." No, he he's he's a very smart guy. He reads tons of academic papers. Um, he, but he is also a true scholar of biblical scholars. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to the Bible. And so because of that, even though he's like a very trusted Christian writer, he's also been on shows like Coast to Coast and other alien shows like that because he will actually challenge openly, you know, those alien theorists and stuff. Um, and he's actually led several of them to Christ because of his willingness to to talk about it without dismissing them. So if you're curious, 
I think he's a great guy to listen to. So I'm going to put a link in the show notes of the episode to where you can find some of his almost endless resources on this subject. So take a deep breath. The sky is not falling and aliens are not invading. Calm down. Have a drink of Jesus. But let's just talk about it for the fun of it, right? On, a, on just a purely scientific level, based on what I've read, my uneducated but curiously informed opinion, I think that most people agree that it's very possible, but I'm personally leaning against it. I don't really think that I believe that there's any super intelligent life out there. Maybe some like bacteria or freaky three-eyed dolphins, but not anything on the level of humanity. Okay, point um, another point on this. Like I said earlier, the government confirming UFOs does not mean that they're confirming aliens. Um, I do believe that people have a variety of real and unexplainable encounters. But as Dr. Michael Heiser says, you can't explain an unknown with another unknown. So you can't say, well, I don't know what that was, so it must be aliens. Because that's, you know, <laughs> the, the fact of aliens is also unknown. We don't know. It's not proven. So you can't just, it, that, that is just purely guessing. But I also think this, that we as Christians, we don't have to jump to cheap conclusions like, oh, well, it's demons or that person is just crazy. Because if you're, if you're not at all aware of the subject, if you haven't paid attention at all to it, you, you might not realize that there are some really, really highly respected people, very normal, sometimes high-level government officials, sometimes doctors, lawyers, um, you know, plumbers, like normal people have had UFO experiences and believe in other life out there. So you can't just go like, oh, well, all the people who believe that stuff are crazy. That's just simply not true. But what we also can't do is uh, is knowing that, try to project that onto the Bible. And that's why I can't really buy the demon description all the time, because a lot of the stuff they describe as going on in, in these UFO stories, it, it doesn't match anything you're going to find in the Bible. The Bible is not even talking about that stuff. So I just think it's important not to fall into that trap. But that begs the question, then, people are undeniably having experiences. But what could those experiences be? So I'm going to give a couple of things that it could be. Um, and I personally don't believe it's it, that any one of these explanations is a good fit for all of them. But just like most things in life, it's probably a complicated mixed bag of all of them. Num so number one is unknown government technology. Uh, whether it's a foreign technology or a domestic U.S. government technology, look, of course the government has technology that you and I have never seen. Do you know the internet existed for years and years before the idea of it ever went to the public. I can't even imagine how crazy it was for people back in the day to grasp the idea of the internet. I remember hearing, you know, I, I was just a lad, a wee lad at this time, but I remember hearing people say like, oh yeah, this is just a fad. Well, obviously not. We didn't grasp how incredibly important this technology would be. And so I am sure that behind the scenes, there are things that people have been working on that you and I, if we heard about now, would either dismiss it or it would just blow our minds. But that doesn't mean it's not true. It just means we don't know about it. And second, along that point, is the government 
<laughs> it's not like this magical place where everybody knows what everybody is doing. There's different parts of the government, and a lot of times they don't know what each other is doing. So like Michael Heiser says, just because some guy in a suit says, well, I don't know what that is, or just because some Navy captain is like, well, I've never seen that before, it doesn't mean it's aliens. And it is a proven, proven fact that the CIA has done things without the knowledge of even the president and has gotten in trouble for it. So just because it, we can't get uh, freaked out by this idea that, oh, the government doesn't know what it is, so it must be aliens. And on that note, and like I said, this might get a little bit heavy for a second, but I'm going to bring it back around because we're going to talk about other more fun things. But if you didn't know this, I am sorry to break it to you, but the government doesn't need aliens to do shady things. Uh, there have been a number of revelations in the past about how the government has done truly awful things to U.S. citizens. One of the more recent ones, of course, was how this guy Edward Snowden who blew the whistle on the NSA um, spying on us through our phones and things like that. That absolutely happened. They overreached. They broke the law. But in the past, there's even been experiments where the government has kidnapped U.S. citizens and done mind control experiments on them. And so there's a, there's, this science, uh, there's a scientist out there who's a Christian who examines UFO encounters and compares it to these like abduction stories where people were experimented on and says, wow, they're remarkably similar. So it is possible that certain people who have had these experiences were actually, um, were actually victimized, uh, but not by aliens. Now, that might sound too crazy to be true, but again, I assure you, it is true. And if you want to hear more about that, once again, check out Dr. Michael Heiser's page. I'll put a link down below. You can dive into that all yourself. My next point is it absolutely could be demonic activity. Just in my own life, I've had some really strange demonic experiences. You know, people where they're talking to you and their voice change or their eyes change colors or, um, you know, seeing things in dreams that I, I thought I was awake. I couldn't tell. Like, there's some really weird stuff out there. It is a big, wide spirit realm, and it is not always a friendly place to be. And so if somebody is actually demonized because our culture is saturated with sci-fi and you know, stuff like that, it is possible that somebody is actually having a demonic encounter, but they're processing it through this narrative that it has to be aliens because, you know, it's like their mind is reaching for an explanation. And then lastly, it could be a psychotic episode. And that, that doesn't mean the person is crazy. Um, very normal people can have breakdowns, can have panic attacks. And another thing to consider here is sleep paralysis. Like if you've never heard of that, it's a real condition it, it kind of causes people to be suspended between a dreamlike state and awake, and it causes them to see almost 100% of the time to see negative creatures attack them, and they're unable to move. They're, they're completely awake, but they're not able to move. And so it is possible that some of these stories are something similar to that going on. So those are some possible explanations, but do I believe they exist? I leave it to this. I think they could exist, but I'm I'm very skeptical. I'm not a skeptical person uh, when it comes to like Christian things. Like I believe in gold dust and levitation and laughing and uh, angelic encounters and all sorts of stuff. But when it comes to things that are causing people to abandon faith in Christ, 
I don't have time for that. And that's what I have noticed about a lot of this stuff is it causes people to, to manifest and develop an unhealthy fascination with stuff that just doesn't ultimately lead to anything good. So do aliens exist? Maybe, but probably not. Now, from a Christian perspective, what would that mean for our faith if aliens were found? Does that mean the Bible's not true? Does that mean does that mean Jesus is an alien? No. The Bible is about planet Earth. It really doesn't touch the subject of life out there so much. You got to understand the people who wrote the Bible were not even aware of the fact that stars were things that were way out in space somewhere, much less that things could live on them and come visit. So it's just the Bible is just simply not addressing that subject at all. But even if there was intelligent life out there, they still, I'm, I'm assuming, wouldn't have the same place in the universe as humans. Because to be an image bearer doesn't just mean having intelligence. To be an image bearer of God is to represent him, is to be a co-ruler with him. It, it is about is more about your purpose in life than it is your intelligence to carry it out. And so as far as I know, humans take up a very unique place in the physical realm that other beings would not, even if they were way more intelligent than us. So I would say like, if they were out there I think they would be similar to angels in the fact that they could be intelligent, but they would be unaffected by the fall of man. They don't need Jesus to climb up on an alien cross and die for their alien sins because they're probably not having the same struggle that humanity is uniquely having. But if for some crazy reason they were somehow affected by our sin, you know, there are, there, are, there are verses in the Bible, like in Colossians, that said God reconciled all things in Christ. So, and all means all. So I guess in some sort of loose way, maybe if there is life out there, you could count them in with the finished work of the cross. Just a couple more quick things on this before I move on. So that, like I said, this doesn't have to affect our faith in a negative way. Maybe there are aliens. Maybe there aren't. But in the face of an unknown like this, let's not be let's not be gullible, okay? Let's not fall in for every last, you know, convincing history channel show and just and be unreasonable, turn our brains off. Okay, sure, yeah, I might believe in speaking in tongues and falling on the floor and, you know, people getting stigmatas or whatever, but but I'm not gullible. <laughs> in this case, I err on the the side of skepticism. But I want to give just one last little thought on this. Just a, just a fun speculation here. Carl Sagan, the famous scientist, once says, and they also use this in a movie, but it says, the universe is a pretty big place. If it's just us, it seems like an awful waste of space. I think that's a really great question, honestly. Just so you know, this is entirely just speculation. This is just me spitballing and just throwing ideas out there, okay? Try not, I'm not trying to say this is a definite theological conclusion here. But I'm, I'm also kind of wondering, like, if you take the Tower of Babel and you see that um, God actually prevented them from furthering their technology because of the fact that sin had not yet been dealt with. But they were united in language and in purpose, and they were able to 
do amazing things. Well, I kind of wonder, like, if humanity never fell, if we were never split up into factions, if we were just full of, you know, selflessness and the common good, I don't think we would still just be gardening like hippies. I think we probably would have invented stuff and progressed to the point that by now in human history, maybe we would have the means to be out there exploring and expanding Eden. Uh, but, but you know, as it stands, that's not how history played out. There was a fall, and we've been set back by several thousand years because of sin. But thank God, because of the finished work of Jesus Christ on the cross that has been dealt with finally and completely, and eventually humanity is going to wake up to that. And just so you know, we've talked about this before, but heaven is not a place we go and we die, but heaven is a place that comes down. Heaven is here. And our idea of an afterlife is here. It's going to be in the same place. So we're not just going to sit around and pick angel or pick our noses and play harps like angels. We're still going to be God's creative image bearers. And so maybe, maybe eventually that will take us out into the universe. But I kind of wonder, like I said, I'm just wondering here. But I kind of wonder if until humanity has awoken to the fullness of Christ, he is preventing us from developing that sort of technology because I don't think we need to be spreading to other planets at this point. I think we need to get ourselves together down here. But, you know, maybe when all that happens and we are finally out there in the universe, maybe we will discover freaky three-eyed centipedes waiting to give us housewarming gifts and play beach volleyball. I don't know. Please definitely quote me on that. All right. We're going to take another quick break, and I will be back with our last question of the day. Thank you, guys. I hope you're having fun because I am definitely having fun with this. And our last question of the day comes to us from Lincoln. He asks, what is bliss? How does that play out in daily life? What does it look like practically? That is a great question. In fact, that is the question that led to me starting a podcast. It is the foundation of my entire show. So the big picture is the idea of a house, as, as I've broken down in other episodes, a house in scripture is connected to the idea of a temple and God created all of planet earth to be his temple, meaning it is a physical dwelling place for all of his spiritual fullness. And so our lives, our planet, our families, all of it is all part of this glorious plan to be a house for God's presence, his real thick, tangible, weighty presence and bliss is another way of describing that overwhelming fullness of joy, that peace, and that radical, piercing love that radiates from God's presence. There's this idea in scripture um, that the Jews had about creation, that it was full of shalom or this fullness 
Um, shalom could be translated as peace, but that's kind of a that's kind of a, a narrow way of translating it because it, it's connected to this idea of righteousness that everything is as it should be, that there's no poverty, there's no death, there's no sickness. Everything is made and flowing and functioning exactly as God made it, and that is shalom. And so shalom, fullness, is found not in an external system, but in the person of God himself, in the person of Jesus Christ. And that person happens to live inside of you. And that person happens to have taken your sin, the thing that was preventing you from experiencing that properly, to the cross, to the grave. It has been dealt with, and you are a brand new creation living in a brand new world. Um, I've talked about this extensively, but what does that look like in daily life? Well, you know, that's that idea that people talk about heaven on earth. If it doesn't look like heaven, it doesn't belong here. If it's if it's sickness, poverty, death, disease, decay, um, depression, we have the power and the authority to expel and remove those things because of the work of Jesus. We actually get to see our physical reality changed. But you know, a lot of people are against this idea of prosperity, but like that is actually part of God's plan that we, our lives would be full of his goodness in a physical way that we'd be taken care of, well-fed, full of enjoyment. He's the God that Second Timothy says provides all things for our enjoyment. So there, there's a, there's a natural joy there, but there is also, and this is probably what I think more people need to grab onto is that Bliss is also this inner spiritual experience of contentment that if you are in contact with the very source of bliss in the entire universe, if all good, if all joy, if all love and light is sourced in one person, Jesus Christ, and he lives inside of you, that is something beautiful to experience. And that's a real tangible reality. And you can experience that on some level, no matter what your outward experience. People go, oh, are you saying that, you know, what about, you know, what about people in the Middle East who are getting gunned down for their faith? Yeah, I understand that point. But if you think about the martyrs throughout history, or, or even Stephen in the book of Acts, Stephen, yeah, he was going through real problems. He was having real rocks thrown at him by real angry people. And yet he wasn't even saying, ouch. Instead, he was saying, oh, I see the son of man, you know, standing at the right hand of God. Like he was caught up in another reality, even while in his physical reality, he was experiencing extreme pain. So uh, I think I'll end with this, but Matt Spinks, a good friend of the show, good friend of mine, uh, shared a quote recently that goes like this from uh, St. Basil the Great. says, This is how you pray continually, not by offering prayer in words, but by joining yourself to God through your whole way of life so that your whole life becomes one continuous, uninterrupted prayer. And that's really it. If you are the temple of the Spirit, if earth is the temple of God's presence, uh, then everything you do can be filled with His presence. There's no... no, um, difference between being on your knees, praying to God, uh, healing the sick and doing the work of the church, or, you know, washing the dishes, taking care of your family, enjoying a bike ride. It's all filled with this, this, uh, this holy awe. And so, like I said, that, that is a spiritual reality, 
but it is also it also affects and transforms physical reality if not immediately then always eventually as graham cook says even the toughest of toughest times will eventually give way to god's shalom i think my last point on this is there's this amazing quote i've shared it so many times it's ridiculous but i love it is even if you're not feeling the spirit of God, even if your life is going through some really sucky circumstances, you can rest and resign yourself to the fact that God has the whole world in his hands. He's done the work and it is all moving towards transfiguration glory. Uh, Julian of Norwich had a vision in which she saw Jesus. And this is what Jesus said, that all shall be well and all shall be well and all manner of things shall be well. So whether we're talking about finding a husband or whether or not aliens exist, just remember that all will be well and all will be well and all manner of things will be well. You can rest in that. You can sink into that. And I pray that that brings you a true sense of comfort because it's not pie in the sky. It is bloody nailed to the cross reality. Thanks to Jesus Christ. All right. I love you guys. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. I hope that this was an enjoyable experience for you. I'm sure I will try it again in the future. This was your listener questions. Like I said, follow me on social media. Feel free to reach out and we will do this again soon. See you next week. Shalom. Thank you so much for listening to the House of Bliss podcast. If you'd like to support this ministry, it is super easy to do so. All you've got to do is go down and hit the link in the description, visit our Patreon page, and sign up. Any amount of monthly giving is going to unlock all kinds of extras and behind-the-scenes rewards. Another quick and easy way you can support us is you can just give us a five-star rating on whatever platform you're listening on. Each and every one of those goes a long way. I'm praying that God seals everything you heard today in your heart and that you stay rooted and grounded in His everlasting love. Thanks again. God bless.